As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Praise God and welcome to today's edition of Melchizedek Tabernacle of Victory with Derek Norris, a free online ministry brought to you by none other than the Holy Trinity. I'm Chuck Christie and today we are asking you to spend a few moments of your time with us each week as Derek shares wisdom and truth from God's Word, essential messages from God's own heart directly to you. Now, if you miss a portion of today's broadcast or would like to recommend it to a friend, You can hear this program anytime on Derek's host page on talknetworkradio.com. Well, now, here's Derek with today's message. Welcome back, family. Today we are in part two of our lesson, and it is entitled, Then and Now, The Call for Community. This subject is about the restoring community within the body of Christ, within society. Last time we looked, Um, in the book of Exodus, the very first chapter, and it clearly showed how social engineering can have a drastic impact on society, causing divisions and strife, in which it would cause the enemy to always have a foothold, to always create hindrances within and among the body of Christ and within society as a whole. There were some key points that was stressed last time, and I'm going to recap on those. The four that we're going to be continuing in this discussion is, number one, personal development as personal development. Number two, family development. Number three is community development. And the fourth one is royal development. And that portion is the entrance into the royal priesthood community. So for this session, we are going to discuss personal development, and that is coming out of the book of Ruth. And we are going to focus on the second chapter, and we're going to move forward according to the will of God. And again, these are the first chapters one through four in the book of Ruth. So let us go to our Father in prayer. Let's get started. I'm so excited. Thank you, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, for this opportunity to come into your presence once again. Holy Spirit, we ask that you will have your way 
that you will prepare their hearts and minds, that you will rebuke the devourer for our sake, that we may remain in the attitude of servitude and have an atmosphere conducive to the movement of your power. In Jesus' name we pray and give thanks. Amen. All right, my brethren. So personal development. One of the first things that we're going to talk about is the willing, the, your willingness to become gleaners for redemption. Your willingness. We must be willing to become gleaners for redemption. And this is shown by the acts in which Ruth stated in the second chapter of the book of Ruth. Let's go with the word of God. Verse 1 reads, And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband, a mighty man of wealth, of the family of Amalek, and his name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said unto Naomi, Let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him, in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, Go, my daughter. And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers, and her hap it was to light on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz, who was of the kindred of Amalek. And, behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said unto the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, The Lord bless thee. Then said Boaz unto his servant that was set over the reapers, Whose damsel is this? And the servant that was set over the reapers answered and said, It is the Moabitish damsel that came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. And she said, I pray you, let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and have continued even from the morning until now that she tarried a little in the house. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter? Go not to glean in another field, neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens. Let thine eyes be on the field that do reap, and go thou after them. Have I not charged the young men that they shall not touch thee? And when thou art, art thirst, go unto the vessel, and drink of that which the young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face, and bowed herself to the ground, and said unto him, why have I found grace in thy eyes, that thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger? And Boaz answered and said unto her, It hath fully been shown me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband, and how thou hast left thy father and thy mother and the land of thy nativity, and art come unto a people which thou knewest not thereof. The Lord recompense thy work, and a full reward be given thee, the Lord God of Israel, un under whose wings thou have come to trust. And we're going to slow down right there, and we're going to back up. This is a very exciting portion. And this Boaz, as you all know, he is a Christ type, and he is our representation of Jesus as our kinsman's redeemer. So, if you notice again, Ruth had a willingness to become a gleaner. So when we come into the kingdom of God, when we come around the things of Lord, you know, we've all know different church and assemblies. But the ultimate thing is having a heart fixed, a purpose fixed to find favor 
in the grace of God that he provides to find favor in him that we may enter in his providence. This is one of the first things we need to do is to have a willingness when it comes to personal development in Christ. So in the beginning, it says, And Ruth the Mobitis said unto Naomi, Let me now go to the field, not just any field, but it was to the field and glean ears of corn after him. And it is italicized. Him meaning that she didn't want to go to any field, but she wanted to go to the field in which she would find hope, that she would find grace, that she would have favor in the eyes of her near kinsmen. You see? And in whose sight I shall find grace. There it is. And she said unto her, Go, my daughter. And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers. Now, yes, we're going to go back. When you think about a reaper, those reapers are someone that work. They're servants of the master, their Lord. Being that Boaz is a Christ type, he was Lord over the servants. And Jesus is Lord over the body of Christ. And before we grow into sonship, we start out as servants. So there's a difference here. But the exciting thing about it is those servants are the ministers, those that have been blood washed, those that have already been purchased and redeemed by our Lord, by our master. So this is why there is the fivefold ministry. This shows that in the book of Ruth, that the reapers that were in the field are the laborers of Christ. And in order for us to be in the presence, to come into the presence and grace of God, we must be among the reapers. And it is the reapers that prepare according to the instructions given by the Lord and Savior, our master. In this case, Boaz gave the reapers specific instructions on what to do in order for Ruth to have bread to take back unto the house of her kinsman, which is Naomi. This is God does things in a miraculous way. So when we profess the Lord and walk after the Lord, we're not just walking simply for ourselves, but it's for those that are around us, those that will be coming into the Lord. And I'm jumping ahead here, but that is the direction in which we're going. So let me slow up and say, Lord, thank you. But when you think on personal development, one must be willing to become gleaners for uh, redemption. Gleaners mean to, to work in the ways in which it is fashioned. You have to glean, meaning work. You're picking up barley. In this season is what was going on. Barley, remember we discussed that. That was a staple food. A, uh, a crop that came before the wheat. And barley is a staple food that gives us enough bread that's sufficient that we may partake at the table of God. And this is what's going to be shown. The other thing that is um, important here, let's look at the verse 5. It says, Then said Boaz unto his servant that was set over the reaper, whose damsel is this? Okay, 
the work that Ruth was performing was so intentional. She was hardworking. She was focused and determined to gain favor in the eye of Boaz. So just as Ruth strived and toiled in the field, working side by side behind the reapers, we must also have that same determination, that same drive, that same diligence in order to become candidates for redemption, okay? And he calls her, who is this damsel? Who is this young unmarried woman, you see? So we can be in the field. I mean, Ruth was not the only person in the field. It doesn't say here in the Bible, but more than Ruth was hungry. You had reapers out there working, and God always shows favor and grace to the strangers, unto the poor, and unto the needy. There were other people working in the field, but it was Ruth that caught his attention because of her diligence, okay? So as we move forward on, and the same chapter, verses 8 through 11, and then even in the 14, it highlights that what was just spoken, how God tend to the needs of the poor, to the widows, and strangers. And strangers, in this case, was Ruth. Ruth was a stranger because she was not born of God, meaning she was not an Israelite. She was not from Bethlehem. She was a Moabitess, and a Mo, Mo from Moab, a Moabitess, meaning that she had different customs, different beliefs. The God that she served was not the God of Israel. And because she married into the fold through a natural bloodline, which was her husband, and through Naomi, of course, is her mother-in-law, she was considered a stranger because she threw away all the customs and beliefs and the gods that she was reared in as a child, as she grew up. So she had all of the things and earthly possessions. She left all of that behind her. She emptied of her soul everything that she knew in order to come into this new land with Naomi. That's why she said earlier, where you go, I would go. Your people would be my people. Your God would be my God. And where you reside, I will resign. And where you die, I will die. See, she gave it all up. And because of that, she left Moab, came back to Bethlehem. And now she is seen as a stranger. However, she's seen because she's diligent and determined to find grace and favor in the Lord. Hallelujah. So it shows that, and I'm going to the verse 12. I'm going to start there and then verse 14. It says in verse 12, the Lord recompense thy works and full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel under whose wings thou art come to trust. See, that is our confirmation that Ruth Learn how to trust God under whose wings, under whose care, under whose provision that she has learned to trust. Verse 14 says, And Boaz said unto her, At mealtime come thou hither and eat of the bread and dip thy morsel in the vinegar. And she sat beside the reapers 
and he reached and her parched corn, and she did eat and was sufficed and left. Okay, that was a lot said there, right? So what was said was this. Because of her diligence, she caught the attention of her Lord, Boaz. Because if you are diligently seeking God, God is going to acknowledge your efforts through and by his grace. And he said, at mealtime come thou hither and eat of the bread and dip it. So that is showing that it is the partaking in which we labor and strive and seek God in the body of Christ. Jesus, remember, it ties in with the Last Supper and it ties in with it. The bread of life, that vinegar is not sweet, is nothing of that nature. But that vinegar, it, it reminds us of the sacrifices. It reminds us of the hardships and struggles that this life holds that we must willfully and graciously endure. That is why you had to dip that bread, that morsel into the vinegar. Okay. And she did. And she sat beside the reapers. Now, if you notice, she was a stranger, but now she's at the table with the servants of the Lord, Boaz in this case. The Father has no respected person. If we commit ourselves to do his will, he will protect, prepare a plate, a table before us. He will provide. He will give us the substance of life that we need. We will sit at the table that the Lord has is uh, given of his word, that's what it is when they're eating. We're eating the life of God, the bread of God, the word of God, the revelated knowledge of God is being shared. So if you are committed and sincere in your heart, the Lord will make means for you. He will give understanding. He will allow us to eat. He will allow us to grow. And it says this parts corn. Okay. So, and she ate. Meaning, and God's grace is what? Sufficient. And after she did that, she left. But she left full. She left having communed, and that's what she was doing. She was communing with our Lord and with all those that labor in the ways of God. We are communing with him. Glory to God. And when she was risen, verse 15, up. To glean, Boaz commanded his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and reproach her not, and let fall up, and let oh forgive me, Lord, and let fall also some of the handfuls of purpose up for her, and leave them, that she may glean them and rebuke her not. See what just happened? She started out laboring in the field. She has knowledge. She was given favor from God, favor from the Lord by her diligence at that particular point. At a point in time, in the fullness of time, the Lord elevates us in him. So you go from ground zero. Now she's given favor. She's eating. She's partaking. She's communing with the Lord. And because of her heart is sincere and she's determined and dedicated, God is saying, look, I'm going to continue to provide for you. I'm going to even give you more blessings, a deeper thing I will give. So the next point in order for us to have personal development is that we must 
learn how to submit our ways to the Lord. So Ruth, she shows submission to her kinsmen. And chapter 3, verses 12 through 18 reads, And now it is true that I am thy near kinsman. Howbeit there is a kinsman nearer than I. Tarry this night, and it shall be in the morning, that if he will perform unto thee the part of a kinsman, well, let him do the kinsman part. But if he will not do the part of the kinsman to thee, then will I do the part of a kinsman to thee. As the Lord liveth, lie down until the morning. And she laid at his feet until the morning, and she rose up before one could know another. And he said, Let it not be known that a woman came into the floor. Also he said, Bring the veil that thou hast upon thee, and hold it. And when she held it, he measured six measures of barley, and laid it on her, and she went into the city. And when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, Who art thou, my daughter? And she told her all that the man had done to her. And she said, These six measures of barley gave he me, for he said to me, Go not empty unto thy mother-in-law. Then said she, Sit still, my daughter, until thou knowest how the matter will fall, for the man will not be in rest until he have finished the things this day. Awesome. Glory to the Lord. So these are the processes. This is shown the processes that Boaz went through. There were laws in the land. He just couldn't take Ruth as his own. He had to accept all the things that his brethren, his bloodline, his brother Amalek died, the sons. So in order to be a kinsman redeemer for Ruth, he had to accept all the things from Amalek and the sons, and he was not first in line. He was not. He had a. It says he had a kinsman before him. So Amalek had brothers. So he had a kinsman before him. So that particular person had an opportunity to accept, stand in that gap according to their laws, and receive and take. Uh, Naomi and Ruth both to bring them back into that inheritance that they once shared. Remember, we talked about the laws back, how the laws work there. And the gentleman was unable to perform what was needed to restore Ruth back. Now, he was willing to do a little bit for uh, Naomi. But then when he thought about it in reflection, and Boaz, I like the part that the Lord advocates on our behalf. And that's exactly what Boaz did because he had, Ruth had found favor in his eyes. And during this redemptive process, Boaz advocated, he's our advocate to our father. He advocated on behalf of Ruth. And at that particular moment, the, the gentleman that was before him said, he couldn't risk it. He didn't want to mess up his inheritance and things that was already in place. Therefore, he bowed out graciously according to the law. They said that um, at that particular moment, Boaz had 10 witnesses to go with him, elders. And when he went to speak with this gentleman and they met, and what he did was the gentleman, when he declined the offer, he took off the shoe, 
and that was one of their customs. And there was a declaration made and declared, and Boaz accepted the rights, he accepted the responsibility to receive the inheritance to restore. He gave restoration to not only Naomi, but he also had for Ruth. And that's showing the extension of God's grace when that act was performed. And what I like this is the Lord, Boaz in this case, said that uh, he gave instructions. And that's where the submission to the kinsman came into place. And by her doing this, Boaz said, look, everyone already knows that you are a virtuous woman. And that was very exciting to me because what is a virtuous woman? We know that in the book of Proverbs, the 31st chapter, verses 9 through 31, it speaks highly of that. So go and read that, but I will touch in on the first two verses, the verse 9 and 10, which reads, Open thy mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and needy. Wow. Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. See that? Open thy mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and needy. And that's exactly what Boaz did in that moment, in that redemptive process that was governed by the law. He pled the cause of the poor and needy. Wow, 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 wow. Glory to God. Who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies? Yes, women of God. The virtuous woman is symbolic for the church. And oftentimes, you know, Jesus is the head and the church is his bride. And the virtuous woman is symbolic of the church. But it also applies in holy marriages as well. You have the man that representing of the head. We, we spoke about that. And the wife, the bride, is his virtuous woman. Who can find a virtuous woman? This is a woman that has the demonstrates the attributes in which Ruth did. If you want to know what a virtuous woman is, truly meditate on what happened in the book of Ruth. She was diligent. She was determined. She forsake all the things that were not of God to learn of the ways of God. In her heart, she sought daily. That's what that gleaning is. You're going into the fields. That gleaning is she's seeking the substance of the bread of life that she can take it back to her household. And that's what the virtuous woman does. They seek in the spirit of God, the revelated knowledge of God. They seek and are led by the spirit of God. This is the true function and responsibility of the church of God to operate in the same capacity in which was demonstrated by Ruth. Glory to God. And why is her price far above rubies? Because rubies is a tangible earthly um, wealth, possession. Her price is far above rubies, meaning that your spiritual life and the fullness thereof, your relationship with God through and by, our Lord and Savior, our kinsman, Redeemer, is far greater than any materialistic thing that we can ever have. And not only that, it's because that there are a generational, there's a generation upon generation of born, of births, of children, 
So this virtuous woman, which is the Christ, which is the church in Christ, bringing more children, bringing more souls into the kingdom of God. This is kingdom building, people. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And it's going to go further into that. Oh, God Almighty. A virtuous woman is the the body of Christ. It's the church of God and is valuable, more valuable than rubies because spiritual life, the fullness thereof is greater than any earthly temporal possession that anyone can hold. Hallelujah, Lord. The next thing we're talking about is shown in the Ruth fourth chapter, verses 1 through 10, was the substitutionary works under the law, the extent of grace. It says, Then went Boaz up to the gate and set him down there, and behold, the kinsman of whom Boaz spake came by, unto whom he said, Hold such a one, turn aside, sit down here. And he turned aside and sat down. And he took ten men of the elders of the city and said, Sit ye down here. And they sat down. See, this substitutionary work under the law, chapter 4 and Ruth, verse 1, 2 through 10. We just had that discussion. I just flowed with the Lord. But this is the confirmation and everything that was just discussed. Chapter 4 and Ruth, verse 1, 2 through 10. Verse 10 reads, Moreover, Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of Malon, have I purchased to be my wife, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance, that the name of the dead be not cut off from among his brethren and from the gates of his place. Ye are witnesses this day. See, that means that through the acts in which Ruth showed, because remember, Malon and and um, Amalek and the other son, which was Calion, uh, Calion, they died, remember, because they walked away from God. And when you walk away from God and you die, there is no redemption. They were eternally cut off. But because Ruth desired to know God and to serve God and to become a part of God and she walked away because of that very act God saw that and the bloodline the inheritance in which her husband had lost it was restored because of what because of Boaz the symbolic representation of our kinsman which is Jesus Christ our Redeemer and all the people that were in the gates and the elders said, we are witnesses. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Derek will be right back in a moment to wrap up. But if you've just joined us, you've been listening to Melchizedek Tabernacle of Victory with Derek Norris. You can hear this message in its entirety again online, as well as Derek's entire archive on his host page at talknetworkradio.com. This show has been brought to you by Melchizedek Tabernacle of Victory, a subsidiary of Creative Empowerment of Hampton Roads, LLC, out of the beautiful state of Virginia. To contact us, or if you'd like to receive the complete notes and references for today's message, please write us at mtovonline at gmail.com. That's M-T-O-V-O-N-L-I-N-E 
at gmail.com. M-T-O-V-Online at gmail.com. Unless otherwise expressed, scriptures are read from the Holman King James Study Bible, which is published by Holman Bible Publishers in Nashville, Tennessee. Again, here is Derek to wrap up today's message. So today, that was very exciting. Told you this particular passage is a little more extensive. We talked about personal development today, and uh, I have to encourage you once again to go back and reflect even more. We're getting more into it deeper and deeper. The next point, main point, we're going to discuss family development, and that will be in our very next session. But for today, we discussed personal development, how we need to become gleaners in the field of God in order to be redeemed. These are some of the first steps. And by doing so, you gain favor and the blessings of God are unfolded in your life because God tends to the needs of the poor, to the widows, and to the strangers. And then the Lord also showed us by we continuing to do these things, we are showing ourselves to be submissive. We are submitting our ways. We are submitting our strength, our understanding, our all unto our kinsman, redeemer, by which we are deemed righteous in Christ. We are the body of Christ, that virtuous woman that was discussed in the things that we are doing. We are yielding ourselves to the Lord. And in return, he shows us his extended grace by the substitutionary works that he done for us, which was the death, burial, and resurrection on the cross, the blood that he shed. That was that substitutionary work that God, that Jesus put in on our behalf that we may be restored back unto God. Glory to the Lord. Hallelujah, Father. We thank you for this very moment. We thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for your word. I pray that all of my brother and my Lord will continue to walk in you, that continue to glean in the field, Lord God. Right now is a barley season, Lord God, but the wheat season is on the way, Lord God. And we just thank you so much that you move us from glory to glory, Lord, in you, my Lord God. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for your eternal love and grace. In the name of Jesus, we bless you now, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. My brother, I'm so excited. Um, I pray that the word today was beneficial, that you receive what was needed about personal development. If you want to get closer to God, like I know I do, let us take on the attitude in which was demonstrated by Ruth, and we will grow in God and victory in Christ. Until next time, my brethren, stay blessed. I love you all, and have a great day. Thank you, Derek. Join us next time when we continue with the next edition of Melchizedek Tabernacle of Victory with Derek Norris. For Derek and the entire team, this is Chuck Christie saying thanks for listening to this edition of Melchizedek Tabernacle of Victory. Have a blessed and prosperous day.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 